Hey guys, I'm Brad. I'm Lisa. And welcome to Unrunned to Pursuit. We just want to invite you guys into real unedited conversations about real life topics that affect your marriage. Yeah, guys, we are passionate about training and equipping marriages to succeed through God. Hey guys, welcome back to season eight. We are so excited that you're with us today. Yeah. I would like to say that Bradman is completely better this no. week, but unfortunately, you may get a little like Johnny Cash voice. Johnny Cash. Yeah, like, you know, that deeper, like, did growl you have a deep kind of? voice? That's, that's the word that comes like in. First of all, just roll with me when I mm. say these things. <laughs> but also, you know, you know, we don't edit. So if there's any coughing, which we prayed against, you guys just get to also. Yeah. It's like you are sitting at the table with us. I mean, I'm drinking bone broth. So, yeah, things I are se- things are good. serious. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we want to start out today as we always do with a review from one of you guys. And this one is from Mary underscore Velo. Uh, it says the way God shows up is amazing. Uh, when I say that Lisa and Brad literally saved our marriage, I mean, they literally did. I always knew God loved me and watched over me. But when he showed up through Brad and, Le- and Lisa's story, I knew it was him that put them in our path. It took a lot of courage to do what they did and put themselves out there. But thanks to them, we feel closer to God like never before. My husband and I work on healing our marriage every day through Jesus and unrelenting pursuit. Thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts. That's awesome. That's just, yeah, that's so amazing. And thank you for sharing. And just the fact that really what we hear there is just that you've gone after Jesus. And, and that is what this whole thing is for us. This Mm -hmm. is why we do this. Every single week, even when poor Brad, man, is not feeling good. It's why we show up here. <laughs> when did you start calling me Brad, man? I don't know. It's super weird to me. Because you're my man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with the kids. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's, it's funny because I don't think anything weird about it. But now as I'm saying it, now you're making yeah. me question my entire life. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> well, yeah. I think, you know, we we just finished up a series. And so now you guys get to go back to where we just decide to talk to you guys about whatever it is that's on our mind. Yeah. Yep. So no more series. <laughs> Which is usually is over. It's usually how we roll. We probably do better when we do that stuff, even though I I have really enjoyed the going through the series and really dissecting those verses was really cool. Yeah, I liked it, too. I, I mean, I learned a lot. I probably botched some stuff too on that, like understanding that verse but i learned a lot on it i thought and i mean we'll come up with another series but i mean i think what i like about since we started this whole thing was that it was like what are what are we going to talk about this week and then it's just the experiences of what we go through in our marriage and that's how this all yeah. comes around or when people are talking to us about certain right. things. And so. <laughs> I feel like it keeps us in a constant state yeah. of conversation because it's always like, okay, <coughs> well, this is what, you know, hmm, yeah. I think maybe we should talk about this this week or we huh, should probably mind, or, record talking in the car. Yeah. Yeah. We probably, I should. mean, not to drop it on a whole episode, but yeah, just because that's usually how all of this stuff kind of yeah. comes around is, is just really what we're going through and having the opportunity to just have conversations with each other throughout the Mm -hmm. week that kind of bring up these things that are ongoing. And so parenting has actually been something that's been really prevalent. Well, our 
for, for a long time. 18, 18 years, years actually. Yeah. <laughs> and we've done a couple of episodes, but I think this one's a little bit more intentional and specific. Yeah, I think we've learned a lot. I mean, in 18 years, clearly. But I mean, I think we've learned a lot of, there's so many different seasons of parenting. Mm. And and I, well, let me just back up again. I really, I use the word seasons. I don't really, don't really like that word too much. Really? It, it's just overused. Like, oh, are you <laughs> what, in, what word are you in you a prefer? season of whatever? I don't know, but I'm just saying, mm. Like, it's so cliche to me. It's like, oh, well, there's different seasons in parenting. Wait, there is, but it just feels so cliche when I say that. Anyway. <laughs> Side um, rant from the Brad man. <laughs> um, so, anyway, you know, when they're little, it's different. Infants, toddler, you know, it just keeps going on. It, it never stays the same. And then you might be in different seasons depending on the ages of each kid. Mm-hmm. And then also every kid's different. It's so, like God wants us to learn to trust him. Yeah. It's not just like one, you know, it, it's not just one parenting style in one family. Yeah. It's, we have three different parenting styles. I, we have an overarching, I think, yeah. style or whatever you would say it's called, overarching with our kids where there was a lot of constants. But then individually, there's so many different variables depending on each kid because there's... All three of our kids are so different. Yeah. They really are. I mean, they get along with each other and just like brothers and sisters do, but they are they are just so different. And yeah. you you can't and the way they really receive love and give yeah. love and who they were as little kids versus mm-hmm. who they are as both adults and young adults and seeing that just constant change that that really has enveloped our whole lives that's what Mm -hmm. that's what really i mean if you look at your parenting you know we're so much more willing to adjust to seasons and yes i'm gonna use that word we're we're so much more willing to adjust to seasons in our parenting versus seasons in our marriage and i think like that's something to be so aware of too because just like your kids are changing all the time Mm. so are you and so is your spouse i'm glad you said that because you know, we say it all the time, and I, I think it's, I don't know if it's as controversial as it used to be when we say it, but, you know, God first, period, right? Mm-hmm. Like the whole priority line. God first, marriage before kids. Like my spouse comes what? before my kids. I know, no, I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, it tru- major yes, it 100% does. Like we get, we've got some serious hate on social media because of that statement absolutely there's way more than just that statement that's got us <laughs> but, but, but just from that statement alone because people are like well what do you mean but just like you that's why i like what you said because in marriage there's all these different seasons as you go through as you grow mm-hmm. the biggest thing you can't forget is that that needs to be above your kids right that yeah. needs to be in the forefront your parenting has to be there yeah right you mean have you're to gonna spend like when you're when you have little kids and they're babies you're not going to spend yeah. more time with your spouse than you are with your kids absolutely as babies. You, yeah there's no <laughs> there's no way around it yeah <laughs> but the intentionality has to be there that your spouse does come first like your marriage needs to come first there's going to be a day where you don't have any kids in the house yeah and then you're just going to sit there and stare at each other like, well, what do we do now? Yeah. 
and you see marriages fall apart at that point. And Which it's is so sad. Crazy. Because you're talking about dec- it, you know, decades in a marriage and all of a sudden it's like, well, the kids are gone. I guess I don't really know you anymore. I know. Like I want to move on. And just two things really quick. If you don't have kids before t- tuning out, I just want to say something. Like, first of all, you know, whether or not you never had kids or you're maybe one day planning on having kids. I think it's really important to recognize that you have the opportunity to really represent God well to others around you, even if they're not your kids and people Mm -hmm. are watching. So I think even knowing a lot of these principles, regardless of whether or not they're your kids or not, actually does really matter. And then the second thing I was going to say is the greatest gift that we can give our children is modeling a great marriage for them. Yeah. Because if you really think about your life and if you you know, take a step back from kind of the season that you are in, which can be so intense with parenting. The longest relationship that you have is with your spouse or it should be, you know, so you want to prepare your kids because ideally you want your kids to be able to grow up and have a good marriage and have children. Our job is to prepare them for that season for them, Mm -hmm. you know, and the reality is, is we know being married that we tend to, take the normal that we grew up in and we bring that into our marriage yeah. and it can be a hot mess. Absolutely. <laughs> and so it's important that you recognize that when you're, we're saying you put your marriage above your kids, it's because you actually want to teach them how to do life. Mm-hmm. And so it's, man, that's such a gift. If you can show your kids what it's like to be married well, that's such a gift to your kids. It really is. And then you're, you're, if you're doing that, I would be hard pressed to see that the parenting would be so different, mm-hmm. right? Like you would, you would be on the same page. You might not agree on everything, but you'd be on the same page yeah. on how to parent the kids. And also like to me, when I say parent the kids, like I don't know what that definition is for everyone. Like parenting for me, parenting is leading mm. and and then there is discipline in there because they're kids as they're grow as they grow older, it changes, but there, you know, there's that instilling that piece in there, but leadership is really how I define parenting. You should be leading your kids. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, I just wanted to you define that. I think that's clarify important. that because it's not, you're not managing your kids, mm. right? We manage things, lead people like you should be leading your kids, not managing them. Right. It's kind of, you know, I kind of went on in this rant in, in the grocery store, wherever we were <laughs> the other day, and we were talking about parenting. And and I was like, I think the one of the biggest problems is, and, and you've heard this a ton of times, but it was just like this thing that came to me where, are you parenting or are you pawning, right? Are you pawning your kids off to name it, right, to their phone? Are you pawning them off to TV, are you pawning them off to video games? Are you pawning them off to daycare? I get daycare has its place. I'm not getting, you know, I'm not knocking daycare. Yeah. But if that's the only structure they're getting in their life, like that is a bad yeah. thing, right? Like, are you if pawning, you're relying on someone else to parent? Yeah. Are you pawning them off to Sunday school mm. and not leading like you should yeah. be leading, right? Like just, you know, it's like Sunday school teachers say, like, I got your kid for one day a week. I can't magically change everything. I in this do, hour, I'm yeah. teaching. I'm not changing everything. They're with you the rest of the time. But I just see too often that these kids, kids in general, don't know how to process things that are going on around them. 
Yeah, they don't. <coughs> Excuse me. They don't process things that are going on around them, process feelings, process all of that. They, they're not, they don't grasp those things, and it's not because they're not smart. Yeah. Kids are ridiculously smart. They're sponges. That's why they can spot a fraud. Anywhere. Yeah, and <laughs> so it's like it hurts my heart when there's problems, and then you you look at the family, and it's like, well, you, you, you're managing your kid and you're pawning them off to something. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to sit there and answer the questions or deal with the kid. Right. Like yeah, cause d- deal with the mess of what it is. Kids are difficult. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so it's like, Oh, I don't want to deal with that. I'm too busy here. I'm too busy with my career. I'm too busy with whatever it may be. I'm just yeah. too busy for it. And then they just kind of shoo off the kids and then they get time with the kids when they feel like, okay, it's, it's right. Like now mm-hmm. I can have time with the kids. But then you see this fracture and it's like, well, of course there's a fracture. What relationship do you have with them? Mm-hmm. Like other than, you know, here, go and go occupy your own time. Mm-hmm. However it may be, just go do that. And I'm going to do this right now. And it's sad. Yeah. And there's times like, yeah, please don't. Yeah, clarifying, we are not perfect parents. No, we're not perfect parents, and also I understand there's time. Like I remember, even now, it's like let's just turn on a movie. Yes, yeah. But it's not ignoring or stepping away or sidestepping issues that are going on or guidance they need. Yeah, it's literally like, hey, I need a breather from the day. Yeah. Whatever it is. Like, let's chill. And usually our kids are with us. Yeah. You know, let's just chill out. Let's chill out. Let's go do a puzzle right now. Like, like, I just need to chill out. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever the thing is, I don't want to get to it, you know? And so there are times where you do that. I mean, I have a picture, uh, you know, now that we have this, like, Alexa that, like, you know, the pictures, Mm -hmm. like, scroll through. I see all these pictures of little babies. Of our babies, and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's gone so yes, fast. it's gone, it's so, gone fast. so fast, and that's so cliche. But listen, that is a hundred percent true. That baby will all of a sudden be an eighteen year old. Yeah, and <laughs> trying to like get out of the house whenever they can. But I looked over at that, and I saw like our youngest as a little baby, and I'm holding him, and we're both watching something on TV, mm-hmm. and we're both just kind of chilling. You know, so I'm not saying that it's all wrong when I'm talking about what I'm talking about is that what's the purpose behind it. Mm. Right. So and you're really talking about intentional parents. Yeah. Did I stop leading because I just I don't want to. Are you always trying to check out? Are you always trying to placate? You know, and I think it's such an interesting thing to think about parenting in this aspect of we're often thinking about you know, what it is that our kids are doing or what it is that they need to change or what it is that, you know, all of that things. And often we miss like God's refining process of us in parenting, which is like, I feel like there's very few things that help us to see the love of Jesus as much as being a parent. Oh Right. Because the, you just get, I think we, it allows us to get a glimpse, a fraction of what it looks like to, you know, experience unconditional love, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, wanting and pursuing a relationship with your kids despite them. <laughs> or, you yeah. know, like, you know, wanting them to choose the right thing, but also allowing the opportunity to fail and to learn from failure. It's just 
there's a refining process in parenting that helps you to appreciate the love of Jesus more than many, uh, most things I think mm-hmm. really in life, because it causes you to face your own selfishness yeah, Absolutely, as a parent, yeah. you know, it's, you know, so often you can think like, well, I'm, well, I'm not a selfish person, but it forces you when that baby is crying at 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. and mm. 5 a.m. to confront your own selfishness, right? <laughs> like, and all through their life, right? It's like, it's the constant push away of your own wants and desires, mm. you know, to take care of someone else's needs. And it's what Jesus always calls us to, but parenting forces you to do it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I have a question for you. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Uh, what would you say, you know, if somebody comes up to you and, you know, just is asking you questions, like they said, what is your most important parenting advice that you would give? What would it be? My most important parenting advice. And I think that my answers probably have changed over the years. If I was asked that question, they probably would so. change again in five years. <laughs> I don't think so. Though. No. Okay. Let's no. hear. No, because on like honestly, what I've seen, it's because of the fruit of what we've I've gotten to see in my kids. Right. Mm-hmm. The biggest parenting advice I would give is get them, like show them the relationship with Jesus that they need, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't say show them religion, right? Yeah, I didn't say, like, show them Jesus. Show them. Get them a Bible. Like, as they're young, show them these things. The, the things I'm seeing my kids do now, when we have an 18-year-old and a 17-year-old, the decisions they're making, they're not all 100% right. No. Right? They're still, their brains are still mush. Mm-hmm. Like they are, right? They're like teenagers. Like there's a, I can't remember, it's like in your 20s that you're finally like. Yeah, your prefrontal cortex yeah. is like. So their brains <laughs> are still mush. Mm-hmm. I get it. So they don't make all the right decisions, but neither do we. But my 18-year-old and my 17-year-old, when I was 17 and 18, I was not making yeah, the decisions either. that they were they are making. I was too, like I thought you know, quote unquote, that I was just too cool to, you know, really like worship Jesus. I thought, and this is going to sound weird because I grew up like in a family church, right? But I wasn't like, I didn't like say, hey, can I volunteer to do this? Mm -hmm. I just showed up to youth group. I just showed up to, you know, it wasn't saying that I'm not involved, but I wasn't actively helping. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where our kids are like, you know, where can I help? Like, where where does where can I fit in to help? Not to garner praise for themselves. It's literally just this heart of like, where can I help? Mm-hmm. How can I help this youth group? Like, how can I help my youth group grow? What do I need to do? Like, I how? think you know what you're saying is like. And, and really what I think you're absolutely 100% accurate on is living out authentic faith. Absolutely. Our kids, they your kids see every single thing you do, everything. Yeah. 
you you might not you might not think this is true, one hundred percent true, and they can read a fake, yeah, a mile away, and it is the greatest gift that they have. I think it's great protection. I think it's great in so many facets, and I think it's even it's even probably more so now than when we were younger because of social media. Mm-hmm. You know, and like our kids aren't in social media. Our oldest has, uh, you know, an account that's rarely used. The others don't, and they don't really want it. Like they're involved in so many other things, you know, and they're. You know, they're just so much involved in everything that they're like, yeah, but they can spot those fakes. Yeah. You know, when someone's being fake and well, it's like if you preach and live a different way. Yeah. Mm. If you're showing up on Sunday, which is great, right? If you guys are all going to church on Sunday, but from Monday to Saturday, you live different, you live different. Like they're why go to church? Like that's what they're thinking. What makes you different than anyone else? Like, at that point, you just become a liar. Yeah. You know, which is such a sad, it's like a harsh thing to say, but it's the reality, right? Is if you go somewhere and you you pr- put on your best, mm-hmm. yeah. if you, you know, represent Christ one day out of the week, mm-hmm. your kids know who you really are. Yeah. They and know. And then don't they be know. surprised. Don't be surprised if they if they don't. Well, I should say don't be surprised if they follow your footsteps. Yeah. Don't don't get shocked. Don't get shocked if they're doing things and you're like, what are you doing? Like I, you know, I taught you better than that. Well Did you? Did you? And are you? Really? You know I'm just waiting for the DMs to roll in. <laughs> <coughs> oh. Join the club. Join the club. Like I've seen some comments lately and I'm like whatever <laughs> like well, just, it's, it's not because we don't care it, it's like i think this is the reality is you know our kids are the future 100 percent the future and look around like yeah look it's around. getting a little scary out there yeah. that are what are the future that, that mm-hmm. we see out there and so we have got to raise kids who are warriors for christ yeah and and i've said it in my testimony and i share it as much as i can when people are like, you know, what did you do to build your relationship with Jesus? How did you turn your life around? How did you do all these things? And I prioritized him. Like, he is my sole priority in my life. That's it. That's it. Everything else falls under this. I was recently talking to um, a group of youth boys at our at our church, and I was bringing that up. And I was like, above my wife and above my kids. And they know my kids. And I'm like, God's the most important thing. My walk with Jesus is the most important thing, period. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And I was like, that's how your life has to be. Now, everything else is important. Like, there's important things in your life. Like, my family is very important to me. The way my kids are raised and the way they, they're going to be adults that's very important to me. I want them to contribute. I want right. them to spread the gospel. I want them to do all these things. I want them to be successful in whatever they want to do. So all that is very important to mm-hmm. me. My career is important to me. Like all, There's so many facets that are important to me. But the most important thing to me is my walk with Christ. Yep. And if my relationship is not right with Christ, 
how I'm going to, how am I going to have that with my kids? Right? Like everything starts falling in place when you do that. It's not, hear me. It's not easy. It's not perfect. I'm not saying (laughs) that it falls into place and everything just becomes easy. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is everything falls into place. Yeah. I still have to work at every single aspect of my life. I'm fine with that. It's not a complaint. I want to be able to work. I'm I'm trying to steward what God's given me to to show his love ultimately, Mm. to give him glory, to do all those things, right? What is it, 1 Corinthians? I'm going to lose it now. Gosh, I can't remember it now. But um, when it says everything you do, do unto the Lord. Whether you eat, drink, whatever it is, do unto the Lord. So that's what I'm doing. Like, that's what I'm going to do. So it all falls in place, but I can't get it right unless I have him as my priority. And then what's been amazing to me just by doing that is seeing, like I said, I want to brag on the kids, seeing what they're doing, mm-hmm. right? They're, my son, both hands as high as he can during worship service. He's in there alone. Like, there's no crowd around him when they're worshiping. Like, he's by himself. He's in that crowded church he didn't care about anyone around him. So much so that my daughter's gotten mad at him because he <laughs> hits her in the face with his elbow. Because <laughs> yeah. he's just like, no, I'm here. Yeah. Like, it's just me and God, and I'm singing to him. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. When I was 17, I was not doing that. Mm-hmm. There was no, I was not doing that. I was, like I said, I was, I thought I was too cool. And it's just neat to see him do that it's neat to see the choices our daughter's making in the mission field right now mm-hmm. right now we don't even talk to her that much now yeah. like we, we get to talk once a week yeah. yeah once a week we get to talk to her. she's in the mission field that's what she wants to do and she feels like god's calling her to do that and i'm like go for it baby mm-hmm. like yeah i miss you but whatever god's telling you to do you have to do and it. i'd say just like to pause there really quick brad and i had this conversation like how many times do we hold our kids back from doing what god calls them to do because we have a plan for them yeah my you know? plan is nothing we're just like listen the most important <coughs> thing that you can do in your life and i think this is what we're talking about with living genuine authentic faith is like <laughs> look back at your life You know, Mm -hmm. look back at your life and think about what you thought you were going to do and the plans other people had for you. And if we can teach our kids to radically follow what Jesus tells them to do with their life, doesn't matter what culture tells them that they need to have. It doesn't matter what other people think that they should do. You go after Jesus. You go all in. That's what matters. We want our kids to have an internal perspective. And so we, we in that are going to encourage our kids in the things that are really scary for us as parents. Absolutely. Like, oh, our daughter's in a foreign country in a dangerous area. I no. I mean, just today I was just sitting there praying, you know, and praying that when they looked at this group of young people that they would just see like this holy fire around them, you know, just protected. But also like that the words that they are saying yeah. are going to have a kingdom impact in communities where people are not going to have kingdom Im- mm-hmm. impact. You know, they are not given the opportunities we have here every day. And I don't want to take that for granted. And there's never been a single thing in my life that I did for Jesus that I've ever regretted. No, It's been a lot of other things I've regretted in my life. And God calls everyone to different things. So I'm not going to get into like, you know, 
like I think in the eighties, early nineties, it was like every time you heard someone that come come to preach at your church, like everyone in that church belonged in the mission field. Yeah, right. Like yeah. if they like God's calling you to the mission field. Right. It's like well, the mission field could be defined as so many yeah. aspects. Mission field so, could be your home. Yeah, that, that might be your main fact, thing right now. You know, fam, your yes. ministry, family ministry should be your first ministry, right? But it doesn't mean that, you know, so I don't want people to get scared out there and go like, oh, well, you know, I, I can't. Like, there's no way. Like, my kid go to the mission field? Are you kidding me? Well, one, if God's called him to do that, then you have to trust that God knows what he's doing, right? Do you really trust him? I'll get in a story about that. (laughs) Yeah. But do you really trust what God's calling them to do? But God can call them to be a doctor, a lawyer, a scientist, a plumber, law enforcement, a plumber, a construction. God could call them to do so many. Yes, a stay-at-home mom. Like God could call them to do so many things. What we're getting at is, are you going to get in the way if your kid comes up to you, now listen, first, are you going to get in the way if your kid comes up to you and says, God's calling me to do this? One, pray about it. Yes. Like you should be seeking Christ on your own. What do you want from my kids? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, let me be sensitive enough to know that when my kid comes up to me and says, God's calling me to do this, I can discern it and say, you know what? You're right. Yeah. You're right, he is. Or, well, hold on. Like, let me pray about this. Let me let me get some peace about it. But I can't do that on my own. I, can't, I have to, like, sit there and, like, knock away the flesh and, you know, not do that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to, you can't get in the way of that, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And it is, this. it's one of the scariest places that I think we've ever been. It just is. I mean, it, it really is. So anyway, the first thing that we would do is tell parents, you need to work on your relationship with Christ. Yeah. Prioritizing him above all else, then your marriage, then your kids in that order. And that's probably the biggest key to leading your kids well, to yeah. parenting them. Yeah. Right? I that's absolutely like the unequivocally agree with you. Thing. Yeah, and it's so interesting because this study has come up a couple of times this past week, and I think it's so powerful in that authentic faith, right? Because here's the thing. You can tell your kids to read the Bible every day, and if you don't read the Bible, if they never see you making any effort to further your own relationship with Christ— or you never teach them what it looks like to open the Bible or that it's accessible or you haven't learned. And so you choose to learn, right? They'll, they won't open it. They're not, they're not going to go after that um, and develop that discipline in their life. And this is what's so fascinating. So there's this, this study that has come out and this was with, I believe it. Yeah. 40,000 people. And this, this was in ages 8 to 80 years old, and they wanted yeah. to see how people were engaging in Scripture. And I'll put a link to this in the show notes. But basically, it was a study that really determined how much of an impact reading the Bible or having some exposure to the Bible had on you. So one time a week, which could include even a pastor instructing you to open your Bibles, there was basically no negligible effect on someone's life. Same result two times a week, three times a week. There was like this small 
indicator. Like there might be some changes you're making, but still with three times a week, it's just like this little pulse. So the shocking thing for them, because there wasn't this expectation to have this huge jump when you're seeing kind of the same results with one, two, three, is that if you have engagement with the Bible at least four times a week, it, it was unbelievable. It was like, it's really astounding how much of an impact it has on someone's life. So feeling lonely drops 30%. Anger issues drop 32%. Bitterness in relationships drops 40%. I mean, that is unbelievable. Like, your marriage needs to change? Read the Bible four times a week. You know? I mean, it's just unbelievable. Alcoholism drops 57%. (laughs) Sex outside of marriage drops 68%. Wow. Feeling spiritually stagnant drops 60%. Viewing pornography drops 61%. Sharing your faith jumps 200%. Discipling others jumps 230%. I mean, when it says like the word of God is living and effective, I I mean, this is a study from eight-year-olds to 80-year-olds. You want to change your kid's life? Mm -hmm. Show them this. Show them how to develop this discipline in their life so that they can have genuine, true, authentic relationship with Christ. Show them what it looks like to pick up that Bible over and over and over. And not because it becomes a chore, but because it is a joy. No, it, it, it's so what, what is it? Um, Oh man, gosh, discipline, a habit forms into discipline yeah and if that's not the saying it is now right <laughs> a habit it's a brad man saying now yeah, a habit forms into discipline yeah and i love like i so when i first started reading the bible like first trying to do this daily it, it i was trying to make it a habit mm-hmm. like this is right i'm just I'm just wanting to make it a habit. I want to try to do a routine and just make it a habit, make it a habit. There was times where it dropped off and then I'd have to like reset it, right? Okay, I'm making a habit again. I'm trying to get back into it. But then at some point it became a discipline and it wasn't, I need to make it a habit anymore or it's not going to, it's not dropping off anymore. Now it's, I need it. Yes. Like it's, that's the discipline side of it. It's like, I need this. It's almost, it's almost further than a discipline. And listen, I'm not, I'm not holier than thou, right? I don't know all the ins and outs of the Bible. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying this is something in my life that I have felt and it's not a brag. It's something that I, I cherish Mm -hmm. my, my discipline in reading the word. Yeah, And there are sometimes I, I read it and I'm like, I don't really get what's going on right now, and but I'm trying. And then there's other times where I just read it and all of a sudden it's just like, wow. Yeah. But that is my discipline. I want it to be disciplined. Y- your kids, they need that level. They can get to that level. Absolutely. And there's so many like, it doesn't have to be, I mean, we're in the new year, right? So it doesn't have to be like, oh, you need to read the Bible chronological order from front to back. 
this every year. year. Yeah. You're going to have to do that this year. We've done it a couple of times, mm-hmm. I think. And is some there's benefits. Absolutely. 100% benefits behind that. But when it's like, well, what I'd really want is you to read the Bible for a year. Mm-hmm. Whether that year consists of the New Testament mm-hmm. or the Old Testament or consists of five books yeah. that you've dove into or consist, whatever it is, I don't care. Yeah, I just want you to open the word for a year. Yeah. That's all, I, and and I've told my Absolutely. kids this. I'm, I don't. Whatever devotion you want to do, knock it out. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, you know. I, you know, as long as I mean, clearly, you know, <laughs> biblically founded yeah. and based and all that. But whatever devotion you want to u- use, go through three day devotion here, four day here, whatever it is, one day here. I don't care. Do it. Do it. Mm-hmm. Please do it. Yeah. You don't have to go cover to cover. You don't have to say, well, I have to start right here. You don't have to. Just yeah. open it. Do it. And I will say, like, one of the greatest joys for us is seeing my 17-year-old every morning coming down and yeah. sitting by the fire, and the first thing he has is his Bible and his journal. Yeah. And it's because, like, I need you guys to just hear this. It's not because our kids haven't navigated some really intense things. Oh, my goodness. Because they really have. Like, there's been some things, like some dark times we've walked through with yes. our kids, some hard hard things, some strongholds in our kids' lives that we've had mm-hmm. to sit there. And I think that's our biggest encouragement is like when you have that authentic faith, right? Our kids have come and had some conversations with us that are hard conversations. Mm-hmm. But I, I've told Brad and we've had conversations afterwards, like that was a parenting win. Yeah. Like the fact that our kids had this conversation with us, the fact that they entrust even the failures the shortcomings, the strongholds, and they entrust that with us is so huge because they know that we believe not only in having and and recognizing genuine faith, mm-hmm. but like we believe in the power of redemption. We believe in, in having the real conversation so that that sin loses its power over you in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to take those failures and have them be an opportunity to learn something, to grow, to see who God really wants us to be and how to fight battles. Right. Like we have had those conversations. We will fight the battles today so they don't have to do it in their marriage. So they don't have to do it when they're out of the house by themselves. Like mm-hmm. our job as parents is to equip them for the things that they are going to face because, and we do that through Christ, right? Yeah. Like that's ultimately what we're wanting to do, but we want them to be equipped. Like it's already hard out there. Mm-hmm. It's already tough. If you walk out in the world and you don't know truth, if you don't know how to stand in truth, if you are, you're, you're just there to be basically swayed by anything or anyone no. that wants to give you some version of happiness. And that's what you're seeing happen in the world all over. Just people are serving self and following whatever feels good in the moment. And there's nothing but hurt and darkness in those places. Like they yeah. lead you to places you never want to go. So yeah, we want to equip our kids. We want to show them what it means to have real conversation. We want to show them genuine relationship with Christ. And I think, you know, it, it is a really beautiful thing, even in the really hard stuff. Mm. Yeah. We've, we've, I think some of it has been intentional, you know, and I think I, I don't 
so the reason I'm saying, so we've left the door open for them to talk to us about anything. And we've told them that. And you've always said, you want to ask, if you ask the question, I'll answer it. Mm-hmm. Like, so whatever, you know, and it mainly, Make sure you want to know the answer. Yeah. Mainly that, that, that came up around like, you know, the birds and the bees talk and stuff like that. <laughs> Such right. Such a weird thing that people say that. <laughs> yeah. Should be the bees and the bees. What's the, why is the bird in there? I just don't know. Why is it even a bee? The bee floats around putting pollen on everything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Brad just is like. It shouldn't even be a bee at all. What are you teaching your kid? (laughs) Go pollinate everything? Come on. (laughs) Anyway, it was around the sex talk that Lisa's like, you can ask me any any question you want. I won't answer it. You just Mm -hmm. need to make sure that you want to know the answer. And it was just, but it was, it was laying a foundation for the doors open. Yeah. Like you need to come to us. The reason why I said, I think it, it was intentional in some, in, in some aspects or in a season, because I don't ever remember sitting down with you and saying, Hey, like we need to do this. Mm. You know, like I didn't have the forethought enough of being like, well, if our kids are facing something, I want them to come to me, mm. you know, but I didn't out and out say like, hey, kids, you know, doors open for anything you want to talk about. I think about. I was well, thinking that because I didn't have a lot of those conversations, not as a failure yeah. from my parents, but it just wasn't something that I think it was a was different doing. time too. It was. I mean, absolutely. I mean, say different time, but like it was just different, like the same. Like I didn't want to have conversations like that with my parents, but it wasn't because they made it uncomfortable. It was just something that I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. But anyway, the the intentionality part of it, I think, as I'm talking through this, because this happens like all the time when mm. we're going podcast. As I'm talking through this, I think where it wasn't, the intentionality was in leading our kids well, and that's what opened the door for them to feel welcome to have those tough conversations. So they knew that, and I've told them this before, like if you mess up bad, call me. Mm-hmm. Like they shouldn't be so scared. So when they mess up, it shouldn't be like, oh no, I have to call my dad in the sense of like, it's going to be bad, right? No, it should be like, oh no, I need to call my dad. Like he's mm-hmm. going to help me through this, right? He's going to come pick me up, whatever it is, yeah. right? He's going to help me through this. There's, there's probably going to be consequences. Yeah. But he's not going to bring this hammer down on me where I can't tell him things. And that might have been where I feel that that's how the door was really open. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, how did you react when the kids did X? Yeah. You know, did you bring the hammer down and yell to where your neighbors can hear through the wall? Then that kid, he's not bringing anything to you. Yeah. And you know what, just to pause there really quick, like there were times in, especially when the kids were little and all three of them that I yelled too loud Yeah, and I lost my temper and I did things and said things and moments that I regretted. And I think knowing that there is such redemption in those moments Mm -hmm. when you're exhausted and you feel like a failure as a parent, because Here's the distinct reality. This is this lovely part of parenting. There's just times you feel like a total failure. And yeah. I, I just, I want to finish up to say like in those, I think what matters 
is that you when you recognize that you have mm. overstepped a boundary or you have lost it or you've misrepresented what your ideal is, right? I think the other part of that is that you own that. You own that. And that, <coughs> that's part of it. There were many times that I had yeah. to go, especially to our, our amazing middle child who mm. challenged me so much as mm. a little kid because he's so strong-willed, that I had to go and tell him I'm sorry. Mm. You know? And so that's part of it. Be yeah. real. And no, open. it is. I And I've apologized to the kids more times than I wish I didn't have to. Yeah. Right? But my point is that's that's usually the parent that's always coming down like that yeah is not has that doesn't have that self-realization or even that awareness at all that well no they got like they needed to be all that like that yeah they need that hammer needs to come down like that or, or the else other they're side, just gonna get you, worse you think they should get whatever they want whenever they want <laughs> yeah or the yeah exactly the, the exact opposite but in both those occasions those kids aren't going to come to you with those tough conversations. Yeah. They're not going to feel, even though you might feel like the door's open, they're not going to feel like the door's open because a lot of those tough conversations are, are attached to bad decisions. Yeah. And yeah. that's okay because we all were there. I've made so many bad decisions, right? Our kids are going to make bad decisions. Like that's just part of, part of this part of life yeah as much as you don't want them to and as much no, as you're trying exactly. to teach them not to there's that like so i wanted to get um into like probably our toughest parenting season i knew you were wait, looking for another word and you couldn't find it, it i was it, I think well in because parenting, not, this is really applicable it is Seasons are no very applicable you're right in parenting. it is it is it, you're right but anyway yeah, you're right. I'm trying. I still try to think of another word, but I can't. So <laughs> I needed. A, I needed. A, I needed to get old Chat GPT up. Oh, Give me another word for seasons. Okay. No, no. no. So um, we were going through. Our daughter was just making some decisions that we didn't like, mm-hmm. and they weren't extremely horrible. You know, just to us, they were bad decisions, right? And we saw it was kind of changing her, and. Man, to tell, like, as a parent, and some of you out there are probably like, I've been there, right? As a parent, I'm like, girl, like, what are you doing? And we had it. We, Lisa was witness. Like, we get after it. (laughs) And because I just had enough. And I'm like, this ain't right. You know, just like this whole thing, right? And she just shuts down, Mm -hmm. which I get Right. I, I don't blame her at all. Right. But it was like these things I had to get out there. Cause I'm like, you can't see this. I need this. you to see it. I need you to see you it. You can't see this, yeah. but I can because not because I'm older not because I'm your dad. It's because I'm removed from this. Like I can see, but also I'm older and I'm your dad, but also I am older. <laughs> and I'm your dad. Right? Yeah. So, you know, during this time, there was a lot of, I'm sorry's. There was a lot of like, going up to her room, knocking on the door, you mm-hmm. know, I'm so sorry, like hug it out, you know, all these things, right? There was a lot of that. And there was a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer. There's a lot of prayer though. During that prayer time, I was like, maybe it's me, right? Maybe it's me. Yeah. So I need to pray that it, God change me. If I'm seeing this wrong, Yeah. if I'm 
change me, Which please. Which is such a powerful prayer. Yeah, you have to. And that's that's not, I'm not some genius. Yeah. yeah. That no, is, you need that to is pray trial and error learning that those prayers need yeah. to happen, right? Because I don't want to feel like, oh, I'm right and no one else is right. Right? Like, I'm always right. Mm. I don't ever want to feel like that. So You're I'm always like, right. You should probably yeah, just take you need to check up. yourself, right? <laughs> so I'm like, change me, change me. So I kept praying this, change me, change me, give me peace, give me peace. Just kept, kept weeks, week. I mean, this went on for a long time. Mm-hmm. And never had peace. Never. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, well, God, give me the words to say. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, I don't have peace about this. And I, I truly f- was seeking this. Yeah. So I'm... I don't have peace about it. You haven't given me peace about it. All right. Give me the words to say, and I'm going to say them. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go. <laughs> right? Like, let's do this. Listen, my daughter and I are alike. Yeah. And so I'm like, let's do this. Give me the words, God, because your words can pierce anything. So don't let them be my words. Give me the words. But also, going. let me say them. But also, <laughs> I want to say them. Loose the tongue. Right? <laughs> I want to go. So one day at church, and Lisa's praying and doing all this too. I'm not yeah, doing this Yeah, it was the same method. Yeah. It was the same exact thing. So here. one day at church, uh, like an amazing worship time. And, you know, it was one of those times too, like I said earlier with my son, it was like I was alone. And I was just praying about this, praying about I mean, I've cried about this. I've fasted about this. So just praying, you know, all these things, just seeking answers, seeking wisdom. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Right, I never asked what don't I do. I just said, "What do I do?" Oh, that's right? so powerful! <laughs> Is that not the truth? It's we what never, <laughs> we never ask what we shouldn't do. God, what do you yeah. want me to do? Let I didn't me get say, involved here. I didn't say, "Lord, what don't you want me to do?" I said, "What do you want me to do?" So, oh, that's a good prayer. Yeah, um, they are worshiping God, and this is on the forefront of my mind during worship, right? And I'm like, God, what do I do? Like, you know the issues. You know what's going on. You know everything. You see it all. What do I do? And I'll tell you, it was this, like I say in my testimony, it was this moment. Like, I knew he was talking to me. I knew it wasn't audible, but it was like those words hit. And all it was was like, don't you trust me. We say we trust him mm-hmm. with everything. And so it was literally like, don't you trust me with her? What's so crazy about that is you didn't share that with me. No. So <laughs> he's like just this, you know, and I broke, right? Like I am now broke. And I'm like, all right, God. I'm like, she's all yours. Like, she wasn't <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it's but, like God just waits for us to come to the places that it's already yeah. there, you know, where it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, God, you know, okay. So <laughs> so don't do anything, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it was just like this heaviness of don't you trust me with her. So I was like, all right, I understood. I understand the assignment. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm going to keep praying, 
But I try. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. But I'm not. I'm not going to stop praying about it. Like I've, I pray about all my kids. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to stop. But I, I trust your decisions. I trust your timing. I trust everything about you. And you just called me the carpet on it. So fine. I mm-hmm. trust you, right? And then, I don't know, a couple of days later, we're driving the car. And this is constant conversation between my wife and I. Right? No, I called you. I was, I literally got on my knees. I feel and like I, I, I feel like we were in the car. Oh, no, I was crying. I okay. was here at the house and I was crying. Okay. And I was just You like, texted me. Yes. You texted me. That's and, right. and I was just like doing the same thing. I think it's so crazy how you're telling me, like, we never ask God, what don't we do? Because I think, whoa. That's so true. But, you know, I also, I, I want to go in and fix things. I want to, yeah. I want to make you, I, I want someone's eyes to be open. Yeah. And, and I just, you know, and it, it happens with our kids and in my own life and our marriage and other things. Like we want to step into those places and just make it all okay. And so I'm on my knees. Like I, when worship music is on, it's such a connector for me to just like go into God's presence and, who's just listening to a worship song and i just feel same thing like do you trust me with her mm-hmm. and i just same thing just broke because honestly when i heard that my instinct was no yeah no don't <laughs> i'm gonna need you to do it this way i have an idea of how this should yeah. go and it was so convicting that in that moment i wanted to shout out no even though i wanted unequivocally to trust my savior with mm. my daughter and with all of our kids. And I think, you know, no matter whether it's with your kids and I'm sure if you have a toddler and a baby right now, all of these things seem so far away, mm. but I'm telling you, you will have this opportunity time and time yeah. again as a parent and in your life to, to hear that voice that says, yeah. do you trust me? And so God asked us to take our hands off, Yeah, which so- by the way, not easy. No, it wasn't, this wasn't easy at all. There was, it wasn't just take your hands off. It was like, don't you trust me with her? Okay, now shut your mouth. <laughs> you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what it was like. Yeah. It was like, okay, you trust, you say you trust me with her, and now you're going to shut your mouth. Now you're just going to, you're just going to lead her. You're just going to lead. <sighs> shut your mouth, though. Like, this isn't, trust me. Yeah. And months later, months later, the answer, right? And the freeness of seeing prayers answered and fully trusting in God with every aspect of your life. Like the smile that I saw her have the freeness that she had all those things that she had. It was like, that's her fully embracing what God's giving her, her calling, everything, her direction, what God's told her to do yeah. fully embracing it and seeing just these chains breaking, like seeing it. And then going back a couple months now, you know, however long it was, you know how bad I am with timelines. Going back a few months where I'm sitting in the church and I have been, you know, praying, crying, mad, frustrated, don't know what to do, know what to do. I know what to do. <laughs> I'm going to do this, this, that, all these things. 
And then God like coming down and don't you trust me with her? And that changed everything. It went from here's my unsolicited advice to the situation that you are doing and this is why it's wrong to I want your advice, dad. Like, mm. what do you think I should do right here? Mm. That wasn't happening yeah, at all. And it wasn't even about what was going on. But I He's think such that pictures of like how God wants us to come. To him. It's it like so much such a picture of those things. It's just such, a, it's always shocking to me that parallel. And then knowing like, when God said, do you trust me with her? It wasn't because of this, that we were going to just get answers that we wanted. No. that That's, I think, what I know that that phrase is going to carry with us as she continues oh on this gosh. life journey. And, like, and all of our kids, Well, you know? and that's, so that phrase now is is going to carry on through the rest of everything we do with all of our kids now. Because... You're 100% right. When he said, don't you trust me with her, it wasn't, I'm going to get you the answer you want. No. Or, it's or just, do you trust me with her this for this one? Yeah, thing. and it's just not right now, but I'm going to get you the answer. When I was on the side of the road and God gave me the choice to come back to him, it was come back to me. It wasn't come back to me and your family's going to be reunited and your marriage is going to be greater than you could have ever expected. And you get to see your kids grow and do all these things. Nothing like that. It was just come back to me. Fast forward. Do you trust me with her? Mm. Right. And so that was the other hard part of it was going, yes, I trust you with her, but only if Mm. the answer is Mm. what I want it to be. And I wrestled that for a little bit, yes. but then I was like, well, no, you told me to trust her with you. You've told me to lay everything down at the foot of the cross. You've told me to do all these things. So here, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to trust in you. And then to fast forward to now and to see it. And it's like, okay, God, here's my other lesson. Yeah. And I know, like, I think this is the beauty of trusting in him. Like when he does the work, it's real. It's genuine. Um, it's, it's shocking and transformative and it gives you continued faith to know that those (coughs) words are going to carry on throughout life. And there's going to be other moments that we're yeah. wondering what the outcome is going to yeah, be. Absolutely. And we're going to have to remember this again. Do you trust Don't, me? Do you trust me with whatever? whatever. <laughs> no, it's so, what I want to say real quick, I know we got to end. What I say real quick is exactly, I just want to reiterate what you said. Because when when God's involved and there, and he meets, there is true, genuine change. Mm-hmm. 100% genuine change it's not to say there's not like in my instance right in my my walk right it wasn't to say there wasn't detox and there wasn't things i had to deal with Mm -hmm. but there was genuine change right so the reason i say that is because there's so many people out there that listen to all these kinds of stories and they're like well they've done it once they're gonna do it again 
Mm. I, I read a comment the other day, well, trust is a glass house, and I guarantee you he's still cheating on you. Mm. Like, for I don't even want to unpack that. I ain't got time to unpack that. <laughs> but I've unpacked it in my head, but I ain't got time to unpack it now. But, <laughs> but with God, there's genuine change. There is legitimate, genuine change. Yeah. There's fake change when God's not involved. Yeah, there's right? just behavior modifications. And there's behavior modifications, and that, those things happen. But I just, I know that's a total side note, not really what we're talking about, but I just want people to hear that. Yeah. There is genuine change when God is involved. The look on my kid's face when he met and broke everything and just the weight. Mm. You could see weight off. You could see life you could see joy yeah joy that's what it is and then thinking like these are the moments like for our kids that their faith gets authentic stronger their faith like all of a sudden they realize he's got a plan for my life i can trust him you know and sometimes sadly including myself including brad we don't learn until things are hard we don't learn until we're challenge to let go of something we don't learn until we fail and that is an unfortunate aspect of our own humanity but the fact that god takes those things and lets us grow and learn and be refined and change that's such a beautiful like it's just the heartbeat of god Mm -hmm. you know and i think yeah with parenting show your authentic faith. You know, I, we wrote down some things and we didn't even touch base on all of them, but I'll go down the list really quick, but, um, do what you say, mean what you say. I think that's so huge. Own your shortcomings. We talked about that. Uh, be willing to learn with them in every new season because guess what? Things are going to change and you change and they change and you have to be willing to learn. Um, as soon as you feel like you have a parenting season down, I feel like that's when something else changes every time. Right. You know, like oh, I got that season down. Yeah. Oh, here we are. Yeah. Um, pray a lot. Pray yeah. a lot. And read your Bible a lot. Let your kids see it. Let your kids see you um, every day doing that thing. Even if you have toddlers crawling over your lap, ripping a page mm. in your Bible, let them see you do it. Because uh, that, that changes it. When they see you doing it, let them, let that be the mark in your Bible that you write next to it. That <laughs> I'd go back to that at <laughs> any point. Uh, friends of ours are about to have a kid and I'm like, Brad's like about to go and grab I'm like, hardcore. I want the baby. <laughs> like I want to hold the thing. Yes. I want to do all this stuff like yes. cherish, but cherish every moment of those seasons, right? My kids are 18, 17 and 13. There's one day I'm going to say, I wish they were 18, 17, yes, 13 again. Yes, Be where you're at with so, your kids. Yep. Learn and be with them. Your kids are going to fail expectations. You have to help them learn from those things. Yep. And you have to let them come and and to you with their failures. And also with their joys. Like all of those things, knowing how you will react in those moments is what enables your kids that that, uh, that genuine relationship enables them to have conversations with you. And the other thing is give guardrails to your kids that help them yeah. to walk in freedom within those things. Kids crave those, that, that structure, that, those boundaries around them. But guys, biggest thing, um, we always go back to Jesus yeah. and you need us so much Jesus in this yeah. parenting thing. Um, and I would say the same thing to you as, as he said to us, like, you know, do you trust him? 
Do you trust him? Like, and whatever that might mean to you, because I think we can all have, do you trust him with? Oh, yeah, fill in the blank. And I'm telling you right now, when when I had that come over me, I was like, like, no, I don't. And it's horrible to say that because, like, verbally, all of my things within me said, yes, I do. Mm. But I, I didn't realize that in that moment I was holding so much of, like, my own expectations on this situation and I didn't want to hand it all over, you know? And so do you trust me with, I guess that would be our challenge for this week. Mm -hmm. Whatever that looks like, do you trust me with, um, we're going to encourage you to do that, do that. Um, it may not end up the way that you think it should, but the one we serve is worthy of trust is worthy of praise. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Okay. We'll see you next week.